Boston College football returns to action in just over a week. On today's show, we'll be joined by Mitch Wolf, who will give us all the info on the ECU Pirates well, as we get ready for the Military Bowl. All of this and Christmas talk here on Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you uh, had a great weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. We're going to start talking military bowl, folks. So it's uh, it's about a week away, but you know, with Christmas break coming up, um, it's going to come fast and furious. We're joined today by BC Bulletin writer and my uh, usual co-host on Mondays during football season, Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? I'm doing great. I just got fresh off a visit to Hershey Park and their Christmas-themed uh, extravaganza, so I'm very much in the spirit for the holiday season. Oh, same here. I've been putting up stuff around my house all week. I had um, I got a minion blow-up thing for my son out front. Oh, delightful. <laughs> very excited about that to go with his Olaf. Uh, so they, he's got that. Uh, we got the Christmas tree going. We got some lights up. So it's 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 good. But um, you know, bowls they started this weekend. There were some really good games uh, over the weekend, including um, the Bahamas Bowl. There was another. I, I honestly didn't watch any of them because YouTube TV had cut off ESPN um, on Friday, but it's back, so that's great. But we're embrace, talking about being, embrace tradition, reject modernity, <laughs> embrace cable. <laughs> I I know, I know. But the thing with with streaming for me is that. I like to watch it like I, I like to have it on my phone, like to be uh, able to, yeah. and you don't get that with cable. They charge you for it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I fought with it. I got it back. They get, they came back. So that's good because now we can watch the military bowl. <laughs> so Mitch, we talked to you a little bit about ECU uh, back when we started to kind of just, when we found out the, the opponent, you kind of dug in a little bit, you've dug in even more now and kind of give us a little feel about what your thoughts are about this game at this point. Yeah, I think this is a really good matchup for BC in that it's a relatively average group of five team, you know, watching some of these early bowl games, you know, there's been some really impressive group of five teams like Western Kentucky uh, and Bailey Zappi, their record setting quarterback, um, you know, App State gave them a good fight. Marshall and Louisiana were good teams in the uh, New Orleans Bowl last night, a lot of good uh, lower level teams. And I wouldn't say ECU is among them, you know, they've got their fair share of flaws. So I think this is a good matchup for BC in that there's definitely issues with ECU. And I think that BC is uh, well positioned to exploit them. So one of the key factors going into this game is going to be who's actually playing in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, now we know that Jakovic's going to be there. Uh, Zay Flowers, you've seen him at practice. I've seen him at practice. He's there. Um, but Jeff Halfley last week was very coy about um Zion Johnson and Alec Lindstrom, both seniors, both are heading to bowl games. Uh, you know, the, the all-star postseason. Games. What's that? All-star games. All-star games. Yeah. All-star games with the shrine bowl and the senior bowl. Um, it, let's just pretend let's pretend here that they don't play. Mm-hmm. How big of a loss is losing Lindstrom and Zion against a team like ECU? I think it's, pretty big just more so from a continuity standpoint you know these guys are extremely experienced players you know 
they they are you know going to be NFL players in the years to come. So you know missing that talent is big. With that being said, you know if BC is preparing to not have them and they've been allowing guys like Ozzy Trapilo and Drew Kendall to get those you know bowl game practice reps as the starters, you know I think they'll be more prepared. And additionally, you know ECU's pass rush and defensive line are not. Um, especially fearsome, I would say. So, you know, if there's a game where you have to be playing some younger players without as much experience, perhaps not as much talent right now, I think this is a good team to have it come against because they're not going to be tested like they would against, you know, if they were playing against a regular ACC opponent like like Florida State, who really gave BC starters a lot of issues, or even a Virginia Tech or a Syracuse. You know, this is a a team that's, you know, much less talented than some of those some of those schools. And I think that that would give, you know, like these guys, they have some talented players, you know, they're, they're no slouches obviously, but you know, uh, the ECU defensive line is no Florida state. Yeah. And I think when you look at this game too, you know, there's all always weird stuff. When you look at a bowl matchup, mm-hmm. always you get, you get a, a team like ECU who on paper, you're like, eh, BC should beat them. But you also notice that like, okay, you know, these guys this is like the Super Bowl. This is like a big yeah. deal for them. So there's all the possibility that this team is going to be way more amped up than Boston College is, which you hope Halfley can mitigate that. But you want to make sure that like that doesn't take them off their game because you, all it takes is for ECU to come flying out of the gate and they can take BC out of it real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And we have seen that um, happen a few times with some of these group of five teams. You know, we saw UAB. Oh, yeah, yeah, see, see UAB take down BYU, which is really surprising given that BYU is a top 15 team. Uh, they were missing their starting quarterback, which is a big part of it. Uh, we saw Utah State take down Oregon State, and, you know, Utah State was Mountain West champion, but a lot of people liked Oregon State. So, yeah, I mean, if uh, if ECU you know, comes out with the fire in their hearts, you know, I could definitely see them taking them down. But like, like I said, I still I think I still do expect BC to win this bowl game. Now, the big question is uh, we're going to look at some of how BC matches up, especially the offense, in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about prize picks. Have you checked out prize picks yet? You need to. I mean, I've been telling you about prize picks, and if you haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, prize picks makes college basketball more exciting. It's daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football, basketball props than anyone, and has all the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not even heard of. And if you don't want to do college, they have the pros too. You can do NFL, NBA, NHL. They have them all on Prize Picks. It's a lot of fun. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of in basketball. You can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. And when you sign up and you put a, a deposit in up to hundred dollars, they're gonna match you hundred dollars. Uh, 100%, excuse me. So you put in 100, they're going to give you 100. Put in 50, they're going to give you 50. Just use promo code LOCKED ON. You just pick two to five players, the over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected number, numbers. It's that simple and easy to win. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less on the easy to use app on the Google Store or Apple iTunes Store. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKED ON. Or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I'm joined, as always, on Mondays with Mitch Wolf, uh, my one of my writers here at on BC Bulletin, and we're talking about ECU. Uh, this is the final game of the season. This is a chance for Boston College to get their seventh win um, in what ended up being a disappointing season for Boston College. But one, you know, Mitch and I will talk about it later after the bowl game. You know, things broke in every possible way in the worst way for BC. But 
This is a chance for them to redeem themselves. And the biggest question mark heading into this game has to be the health of quarterback Phil Dracovic. Now, Dracovic came back. We saw him play well against Virginia Tech, play Superman against Georgia Tech, and then fall off a cliff against um, Florida State and um, Wake Forest to end the year. Now, Jeff Halfley on um, this week on his press conference, he said he hasn't checked with Phil about how he's gripping the football. He thinks he's making lots of progress. Mitch, what are you expecting out of Jakovic heading into this pro- this bowl game? I'm expecting him to play probably somewhere between how he played against Virginia Tech and how he played against Georgia Tech. You know, I think that, you know, obviously Annapolis is not, you know, Boca Raton or the Bahamas or Texas or anything, but it's going to be warmer than it would be in Boston at this time of year. I think that that's going to play a big part in helping Dracovic's uh, hand strength. I think that having these few weeks of, you know, he's practicing, but, you know, getting a little more rest and getting the hand back to where it should be. I think that it's going to help his grip. Thank you. Get, grip strength we've seen russell wilson you know he had a he had a hand injury early in the season and he kind of rushed back and he was not playing super well the first few weeks and now he's kind of starting to round into form as his hand heals up and he gets more comfortable with it and i think that phil having these few weeks off where he doesn't have game action where he's able to kind of have a better understanding of where his hand is and what he can do with it i think that's going to put him in a good position to play quite well against dcu and I want to get your perspective. This is, I think, Boston College's first lefty quarterback they play this year. And it's Holton a- Aylers. I hope I get his name I right. I think it's Aylers, but Aylers. I could be. Uh, yes, yeah. 3,130 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. The numbers don't pop off the charts. But he's thrown for, you know, quite a few during his time at ECU. Can you tell us a little bit about this quarterback and kind of give us a feel of how Boston College might manage him? Yeah, the Holton Hollers is an interesting story. So he he was a pretty decently highly rated recruit coming out of high school. You know, he's 6'3", 235. So he's a big guy, uh, lefty quarterback. So that's a little different, but, you know, he's still got a pretty decently strong arm. But, you know, he's I think he had offers from UNC and plenty of other ACC schools. But he's from Greenville, North Carolina, which is where ECU is located. And he decided to stay local. You know, he wanted to kind of help resurrect ECU, who had had some you know, that's where Chris Johnson, the running back is from uh, Zay Jones, a really good NFL wide receiver, or uh, he's really good at ECU. He's decent in the NFL, but you know, they've had some good teams in the past over the last few seasons prior to Allers coming there. They kind of had fallen into um, ignominity and he's kind of was like, I'm going to go back and help resurrect this program, which is, you know, that's a good story. And he's played as a true freshman and kind of sees the starting role late in the year. And he had his growing pains. You know, he's only, I think, 15 and 21 as a starter. So not a ton of on-field success. This is their first winning season with him as the primary starter. And, you know, I think they've changed the offense a little bit in his time there. And it's kind of an air raid light system. They love to throw the ball. Um, I think, let me pull up his some of his stats that I have. Um, and they... Uh, here we go. So he has the 12th most dropbacks in the country this season and the uh, most in the, in the AAC, the American athletic conference. So, you know, they are throwing the ball a lot and they're throwing the ball short. You know, it's a very kind of fundamentalist air raid. Um, his fat, he has the third fastest time to throw at 2.53 seconds and the second shortest average depth of target at 8.2 yards in the American athletic conference. Um, so he's getting the ball out and he's throwing it short very quickly. And, you know, only 33% of his throws went beyond nine yards past the line of scrimmage. So it's all really quick throws, you know, find guys that are exploiting holes in zone coverages and, you know, let them work after the catch. And um, I can get into why I think that helps BC, or if you want to kind of hold that off until later, but 
Um, let me know what you want me to do with that. No, talk about that. I'd love to okay. hear what you're, I want to hear how you think they're going to stop that. Okay. So, um, so with the air raid, a lot of it is predicated on attacking zone coverages where, you know, there are just ways zone coverages are designed is that there are going to be holes in it. And the air raid seeks to exploit that by having the receivers sit down in those holes in the zone. The problem, and, you know, I think the way you exploit that is you ask, you have your defense play man. And naturally, the area does have answers for that. You know, you, instead of having your receivers sit down on routes, you have them just keep running their routes. You know, you have a lot of crossing routes, uh, a lot of what is called a mesh concept. Um, you have receivers go vertical and I, with, with, uh, Aller's not really throwing the ball vertically. I think there's gonna be a lot more of those underneath mesh routes and ostensibly like, all right, the longer the play has to go, the more time the receivers have to get open. However, because BC has what I, I believe they have an athletic, um, advantage in terms of their defensive backs versus ECU's wide receivers. I think that that will mitigate the pirates receivers ability to get open against man coverage. So I think BC's uh, defensive backfield is very well positioned to thwart this passing attack. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to still have, again, that's another position. We're going to have to wait to see what happens in terms of who's playing and who's not. I mean, Brandon Sebastian's in the, he's doing an all-star game after the season. We don't know what Josh DeBerry's, um, his status is going to be. So that's two that you're going to want to watch because Sean Asbury, he's gone and you're going to be looking at CJ Burton and Elijah Jones and going down the depth chart a little bit. JT Thompson. And even so, like, I mean, JJ Thompson has kind of had his ups and downs, but you know, he's an FCS player who was an all-star there and he's had, he's looked decent against ACC wide receivers. So he should theoretically be able to perform decently well against AAC wide receivers. And, you know, even just thinking about the guys that are receivers on these, on this team, you know, Elijah Jones and CJ Burton are much better recruits than the guys on AAC's on the um, ECU roster. And even their primary wide receiver, Tyler Sneed, who's a very, you know, very Wes Welker-esque type player. You know, he's a tiny slot receiver who, again, exploits holes in zone coverage. If they put a guy on like Josh DeBerry on him in man or even in zone coverage, I think they should be able to lock him up. No problem. Awesome. Okay. So I have a question for you and then we're going to get into our final segment. BC wins this game. If they do what? I think they win this game if they are able to on offense. I think if they're able to, you know, have the run game succeed, keep the offense in manageable third down situations, basically just stay on schedule, um, run the ball well, and then, you know, have good play action passes off of it on defense. I think, you know, if they play a lot of man and Ehlers is very susceptible to if, if pressure gets to him, he folds very quickly and he does not have the athletic ability to get outside the pocket and create so if they can, you know, lock up in man coverage, force him to hold the ball, this off his offense line is not very good. So I think if they, you know, play a lot of man, force him to hold the ball, they'll be able to get him to either throw bad passes that result in incompletions or interceptions, or force him to take sacks. So I think I think there's a pretty clear blueprint that for BC to win this game, and I think it's very likely that they'll adhere to it. All right. Mitch, here's your chance. Uh, I'll, I'll let you do your prediction. I do. I'm going to do it later in the week with Eric, but I want to know your prediction. Will Boston College get their seventh win? I think they will. And, you know, I, th- I think there are some concerns about guys opting out, you know, and I think that, that might change it. But even so, I think that with the way BC has been practicing, you know, if essentially getting those guys, their practice reps, I think that this is a team that, you know, was kind of frustrated with how the season ended. I think they're going to take that anger out on a, uh, you know, less talented on paper team. And I think that, like I've said, BC is well situated to exploit this matchup. I'll say BC wins 31 to 20. All right, great. Mitch and I are going to be back in just a moment to talk Christmas stuff. And uh, we're going to go a little bit off the beaten path, have a little bit of fun here uh, because there was no men's basketball game. And 
I don't really want to talk about the women's basketball game because that was awful. So we'll get back in a moment. Thanks again for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. It's the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. Now, if you know me, you know me. I am a huge fan of the Bilt Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It's the Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat and high in protein. You get the boast of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. And there's so many different flavors. You got to try them all. You'll have a hard time choosing which one you want, whether it's raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, or my favorite cookies and cream. Make sure that you check out built.com because they have all sorts of goodies there. You can check out to see their marshmallow um, uh, bars. They're called the Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallow through and through. I had the lemon cheesecake and it was amazing. You got to check them out. Different flavors all covered in chocolate. They taste so good and you won't be believe that they are filled with protein. Now just go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated website or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive it. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Ho, ho, ho. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Um, and I wanted to have some fun because we talk about Boston College sports five days a week. I mean, there was stuff, other little things here and there that I could have talked about from this weekend, like new offers uh, to some transfers to uh, freshmen that, um, I mean, true freshmen that they are now targeting for the class of 2022. Check those all up at bcbolton.com. I have them up there and I'll talk about them later. I want to talk Christmas because, you know, we're all, we're down the home stretch in terms of the holiday season. Uh, you know, Christmas is Saturday. And for all of you out there that still have to shop, um, I feel sorry for you, but I did all of mine. I was on top of it. But Mitch and I, we, we were talking about this. We're going to have a little fun here. We're going to we're going to stir up some controversy and we're going to do two different topics today. And they're both Christmas related. And we're going to do give our top threes. And it is our top three songs that are Christmas related and top three movies that are Christmas related. And I will let you do Die Hard or whatever, you know, Bad Santa, whatever you want for Christmas movies, um, because I'm not that picky with that kind of stuff. So, Mitch, let's start off with the songs. Who, who, what was your top three? Okay, so I would say my third is probably the It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. And part of my connection to that is there's a BC band connection with it that involves a um, disgruntled Chestnut Hill resident giving the BC band office a phone call complaining about how loudly the band practices um, and how that phone call is spliced into that song uh, during our changing period on game days. Uh, My second is... Oh man. Wow. I forgot my second. Um, I'll come back to that. But my, my number one, and this is very random, but it is Hark the Herald Angels Sing by Jewel. And I don't know why, but I, I always, Hark the Herald Angels Sing is probably my favorite just general Christmas carol or like, you know, kind of song. And I just, that is just my favorite rendition of it. So that is my uh, favorite. My second favorite, I would say is actually um, 
simply having a wonderful Christmas time by I'm not sure if it's the Beatles or Paul McCartney, which oh, is weird because I don't really like I know it's very weird for me because I don't really like either of those artists in general. <laughs> and that song, I understand it's very annoying, but I just I do just like that one. So, oh, <laughs> man, man I, that's like on terms of in terms of songs that I can't stand for Christmas, like all the classics I can go through that one. I hear and my ears want to like rupture. I, I totally get that. But that that's how I feel about um like war is over whatever that john lennon song is with yeah. the very annoying so children singing yeah that one that's how i feel about that one <laughs> okay so here's my top three and i'm gonna tell you right now none of my three are any are, are completely dissimilar to, to mitch and i'll give you the reason why on each one number three i went way off the deep beaten pass and i went with father christmas by the kinks the kinks were part of i'm sure a lot of you guys listen to them uh i know we have an older crew they were part of the british invasion but they're more like the punk side of of rock they were like more hardcore and father christmas is really dark um but it's a song my dad always listened to the kinks as a kid like he had like a cd player and i swear it was always filled with just kinks so i grew up with this music and i hated it up and through high school but as i've gotten older and kind of mellowed out i'm really starting to enjoy it and that song specifically i really like so that's one that's my number three number two um for those of you that follow bc bulletin and you've watched you've listened to my um song picks of the week and many of you have complained about it is christmas and hollis by run dmc mm-hmm. um <laughs> and i know many of you out there are going oh man aj with the rap again uh yep i'm going with the rap and i don't even particularly like that song but i like run dmc a lot and I, i'll take that song over many other christmas songs because it is what it is i think that um, features I, that features prominently in the movie the night before with um it's with uh, Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon Levin, I think Anthony Mackie. Yep. Um that, that that's a I my my fiance and I were like kind of looking up some more modern Christmas movies and I did see that one. That's kind of an underrated one I think more people should check out. Okay. All right. And number 1, I don't know why it, it always comes up first whenever I say hey Google play Christmas music and it's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. And that song is so overplayed and it's so annoying. But I never change when it comes on and I let it go. Um, so that was my number one. Yeah, that one that is hard to hate. The one that I've I've kind of come around, not necessarily come around because I didn't hate it before, but I've just heard it a lot more this year. I don't know why, but um, it's the Christmas baby, please come home. And I think part of it was it's in the Christmas episode of Ted Lasso, uh, which in this real season, which I think is arguably the greatest Christmas episode of any TV show ever, um, okay. which I know there's been a lot of like, it's kind of gotten tired saying how wholesome Ted Lasso is, but that's just a really awesome Christmas episode that I recommend everybody watch this holiday season. Is it the one, the version by uh, you two? I don't really care about the version. Uh, I think all of them are like, there's so many, like the Michael Buble one's good. The Mariah Carey one's good. Like it's a very hard song to mess up, to be honest. Okay. Okay. All right. Now let's go on to movies. I will go first. I'll let Mitch finish on this one. So my number three is uh, it's more modern, but I love it. And I always watch it. It's elf. Okay. Um, I love Will Ferrell. It's probably one of it's like one of those movies that came out after 2000 that still um, I still find funny. And uh, there's so many great moments in it with Peter Dinklage, I think, is hilarious in that mm-hmm. um, with with the short jokes. Uh, <laughs> you're, He's an angry you're an angry elf. little elf. <laughs> <laughs> um, great movie. So that was my number three. My number two. Um, I'm going to go with really old school. And it was something that my mom had me watch a lot, which was it's a wonderful life. It's depressing as hell. I don't it's it's awful. And it's barely Christmas. Like it's a Christmas for like the last like what, 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's the whole scene. Really? I just I just don't think it's like I feel like it's not like 
the whole th- theme of the movie is not much about Christmas. Like it's just about this dude who like eventually just wants to kill himself. And I'm like, this isn't, you know, <laughs> I, I, like the ending is very political, but it's, it's like that. Um, the Christmas shoes song about the kid whose mom is dying. And he wants to buy her some nice shoes for yep. last Christmas. It's like that for me. So it's just like, I just don't, I just don't get it. Um, and then my, my favorite is national Lampoon Christmas vacation. Yep. Yep. Um, I grew up with that again, like it's all like with Christmas, it's always about like tradition and stuff. So like, I saw that every Christmas as I get older, like I, I relate more and more to some of the other characters that I didn't as a kid. Um, and it's, it's, it's great. So that's my number one. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, that's that I'll kind of snake jack. So that's, that's probably my number one. You know, that's kind of one I watch every christmas and that's just that is it's just always so funny um in the rest of my three I'm, i'll put a christmas story in there because you know, it's it's always on and I, I do always just enjoy it um as a owner of a red rider bb gun i'll you know have to have to stand for that movie uh, my number three is probably it's a tie between a lot of them you know I, i'll give some respect to like the claymation christmas movies and i'll put a year without a santa claus in there oh, yeah. um I'm trying to think. I, again, I keep forgetting. I was ones. literally just watching that this afternoon. Yeah, that, that's probably my favorite of the claymations. But, you know, Rudolph is always a good one. Um, man, I can't remember what the third. Oh, Home Alone. You know, you have to watch Home Alone every Christmas. Um, and then my mom is like, we always watch the George C. Scott, A Christmas Carol, which is very like, it's very British to put it, you know, <laughs> succinctly. It's not as like fun as, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol or any of the other ones. And then obviously like the Grinch animated, or I, I think, I, I think the, the Jim Carrey Grinch gets kind of a bad rap. Yep. Um, but it is funny, especially when you consider that based on the opening scene, the who's might be swingers, but we can talk about that in another episode. <laughs> All right. So this wraps up Locked on Boston College. We were going to have some fun today. We'll get back to sports tomorrow. So hopefully you didn't fast forward through this and, and we're like, why are they talking about Christmas? We're having a little bit of fun and levity here. So Mitch, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Um, you know, we've been posting some of my previews of the bowl game with the players to watch from ECU. Um, we're posting some more in-depth previews, kind of taking that information and putting it into a more narrative format of uh, how BC can win this game um, the coming weeks. And, you know, once the bowl game is over, we'll be getting some, you know, kind of postseason awards for football and then uh, be talking about the uh, postseason all-star games, which I will be in attendance for the senior bowl, where Zion Johnson is ending. And I'll be sure to see if I can get some media availability time with him. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Mitch. And this is AJ Black. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I have a ton of recruiting information coming out this week, including class of 2022 uh, late signees that they might be targeting. I have transfer news for you. All you have to do is make sure you hit the bcbulletin.com, hit that, uh, hit the bookmark the page. Make sure you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, whatever you need for social media. You'll get all the latest updates for that. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue our march towards the ECU uh, game in the military bowl. We're going to be joined later in the week by ECU blog uh, down the, I'm screwing up their names. I think it's down the colors. Um, The boneyard podcast, not even close. Um, (laughs) The boneyard podcast. We're going to do a crossover to talk about ECU and get their perspective. And we'll have a whole lot more. Thank you all. And we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.